This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to michigansportsandentertainment.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger. And I'm Rachel Metzger. And we are on episode 22. So we just had a couple April Fool's Day episodes uh, that came out. And that was a good time. I don't know what you're talking about. Those are normal. Yeah, those are normal episodes. My name um, is now Mike Mike Metzger. Yes, and I'm Mark Metzger. Um, But no, hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, It was a good little crossover with us in Massive Light P. That was really fun to do. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then uh, you guys should definitely check out Massive Late Fee or um, I, I post it on our feed as well. Uh, Skeptical of Late Fees is us. And then Massive Skeptics is uh, them doing our show. Um, but we essentially just no, did a show no, no. swap. I Massive Skeptics was us doing their show. No, you have it backwards. Anyway, it's confusing. It's not. So in news about the show, we are number 13 on the PodCoin charts, uh, which means we just like passed last podcast on the left which is nuts and we had like a 48 hour period with like over a thousand downloads which is complete insanity for us yeah that's uh we are not one of the big name podcasts this is awesome yeah so that's really good um yeah and so it was a really good week for us we're at like over two thousand downloads for the month or something i don't know anyway so it's been a it's been a good time so thank you all for listening and hopefully you stick around and enjoy it uh got a whole bunch of new subscribers like 200 new subscribers so um hope you guys enjoyed you know the last six or seven episodes whatever you've been binging but yeah keep it up uh it's been a good time what else we also somebody bought some swag yeah. What? What? Yeah. So my dad bought swag. Your and then, dad does not count. No. And then, but then uh, someone else, <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's what I was getting at. Someone else bought some swag. So, um, someone they, we don't know who doesn't feel any pressure to buy things because they love us. So that's a big deal. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, though, reach out because you didn't, um, through social media. Um, so reach out. We'd love to shout you out on the show, but until then enjoy this ghost shout out. Thank you for buying swag. Hopefully you don't hate the shirt. Here's to you. Or no, what is it? Not here's to you. I love you. you, Random 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 citizen. citizen. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, hopefully you like your shirt. Uh, ours, ours turned out pretty good. I liked it. Um, so in the news this week, I want to talk about for, for two seconds. Every time I wear my shirt, Sterling freaks out and says, Oh mama. There's blood on your shirt. Nice. Every time. Nice. And he also, I, wait, and he calls, you, your shirt? Yeah. You stole it? No, you got me a medium one. I have one. It's the bad one. Oh, it's the bad one. But I wear it sometimes. Yeah. And he calls Bigfoot a monkey. I don't know what happened to my good one. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I lost my shirt, so I'll be buying my own swag uh, here in a bit. Um, Losing more money on this podcast. Exactly. Um, oh, which has now netted us. <laughs> Not netted. Like, well, yeah, not net, but like no. netted, like is in a Given net. Given us, a, yeah. Like 16, 17 bucks. <laughs> Woohoo. Uh, we'll see. We might, it might go off at some point. Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, so in the news this week, not a lot of paranormal stuff going on, but um, something that did happen was a guy sent a burger, which looked like a Big Mac, uh, into space in a, on a weather balloon. It went 24 miles high, 
drifted like 100 miles over. Weather balloon popped. It fell into a stadium in England. The stadium was like, uh, we have your burger. And then uh, <laughs> so they called the guy. He was like, oh, sweet. And then he like chowed down on this burger. And uh, they were like, what the heck is going on? He was like, I sent it to space, wanted to try it eating it and see what it was like he said it was like dry powdery and quote it was drying my mouth out so there you go i just what part of you would be like i would like to run a scientific experiment this is it, it i mean go him like Pretty he got in the news we're talking about ate it. a gross burger yeah it's probably irradiated i don't like that just doesn't seem like a good idea no but i don't i don't want to eat things that have been in space no he didn't look happy about it so this week, I'm going to be talking about the ghost of Gladstone Villa, which was shared with us by Andrew Dexter, who listened to the show and wanted us to cover it. It's actually his personal story um, with his own personal experiences, because we, you know, asked for like listener stories and stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, he he he's writing it everywhere and he's like really trying to get it out there. So I thought, you know what, I'll do it on the next one. OK, and I'm going to be talking about mermaids. For once, what I'm talking about needs literally no description. Yeah. Unless you've been living under a rock. So the word mermaid comes from the old English word meaning word mere, mer, mer, which meant sea and maid, which obviously meant girl. So sea girl, real creative. Real, yeah. Um, <laughs> real so obviously, creative. in case you didn't know, it's characterized by a woman whose top half is a person and bottom half is a fish. I'm not sure if the, you, you could also be a mermaid if you're like top half is a fish and your bottom half is person i don't know i just don't know if you'd be identified as easily i don't know what you'd be identified as yeah like, i feel like someone would be like that's like a weird backwards mermaid that's just satan <laughs> so the very first tales of um mermaids appeared in ancient assyria which is now syria in case you didn't i didn't know that <laughs> oh really in case you didn't know uh geology is like geology geology Nope. That's how bad it is. You don't even know the name of the subject. Geography is probably my worst subject. No, probably geology is worse. I never took geology. That's what I'm saying. That doesn't count. I mean, out of things I've taken, maybe, uh, I would say physics was worse. But geography, I don't, I don't know my, I don't know geography. Like if it was one of those where like, you know, I'll shoot you in the head if you don't tell me where, if you can't tell me where this place is, I would die quickly. Unless it was like Texas. That's not true. There's a lot of states Long I know. Long Texas. And like China. I know where China is. Anyways. Do you actually know yes, where China is? Yes, I know where China is. Really? I could, I could point out at a map. Could you? Yes, I could. All right. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do this right now. <laughs> Hold on. We don't have time for this. No, we do. Uh, we always have time for this. Not too confident. There's a chance that I'll do this wrong. All right. Where's China? Get over here. <laughs> China. Yeah, good job. I know. Do you know why I know where China is? Because I'm Chinese. Mm, uh, no, that has literally nothing to do with it. Oh. Um, it's because of that uh, the infected game. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know where China was before that no, game? No, I think I knew, but I didn't have as sure of a knowledge as right, I now do you're know. for sure, for sure. Like, I know, it. no. Before it was like, I could guess. See, now and that's it's like, why video games should be used to teach people. That's all I'm saying. I also know where India is because of it. 
I could not have told you where India was before. I didn't know it was like right next door to China. I had and no now you idea. know that Syria you used to be a Syria. If you would have asked me where India was compared to China, I would have been like, dude, they're nowhere near each other. Like that would not. <laughs> Jeez. Anyways. So. U.S. public school system, y'all. Okay. My geography. First off, the last time I took a geography class it was in ninth grade. So I was. U.S. secondary school system, y'all. 13 years ago. No, almost 14, 14 years ago. So like the amount, the age I was when I took that class, it has been that long. But also my teacher was a teacher slash preacher and he spent all of our class time talking to us about how we needed to find God slash also how you should not become addicted to morphine. That's the most Texas educational story <laughs> I have ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, because he had he had back surgery and had took took pain pills and became addicted to them, and he told us about how it ruined his life. Well, he shouldn't be a teacher anymore then, if that's well, all he's going to talk about. You know, he shouldn't be a teacher at all. The man was terrible. What's his name? Shout him out. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I do not remember his name. I just remember his terrible stories. Nice. So, anyways, back to the actual um, thing we're talking about. So, yeah, the first tales of mermaids started in ancient Assyria. Um, it started with the story of the Greek goddess. I'm going to say her name wrong. Adder goddess. Adder goddess. The goddess of fertility. It's A-T-A-R-G-A-T-I-S. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, That's not one that we studied in my Greek mythology class. For Greek sure. mythology would be another one that I'm not great at. <laughs> uh, so the story was that she fell in love with a mortal man, but accidentally killed him. Um, so out of despair, she flung herself into the ocean and turned her bottom half into a fish. I don't know why that would be your reaction. Well, that's weird. To I thought it would have something to do with Poseidon. Yeah, weirdly enough, no. It was the goddess of fertility. So that's kind of where the stories all started. Obviously, there's also um, the connection to sirens. Jif again, living under a rock. You don't know what a siren is. They're the like demony, weird ladyfish things that would lure um sailors in and promise their wildest dreams, which is normally lots of sex and cheeseburgers. Or cheeseburgers, if that's what your deal is. Mine would probably say pizza, chocolate. What did we say last Dr. time? Pepper. Pasta. Wait, no, that wasn't us. <laughs> was that a different show that what I thought was us? About? <laughs> that the sirens would have a better job like a no, better chance. No, no, no. That was a Tumblr post I read. Oh, okay, yeah. Anyways, this is going far off track. So yeah, um, it's a real hot start. And then, and then of course, yeah, the sirens would lure you and like, I'll give you burgers. And then you would get there and then they'd be like, no burgers for you. And they'd pull you down in the ocean and eat you. So anyways, uh, so that's obviously also where the whole mermaid thing came in. But sirens are like real creepy looking. They're not cute like mermaids. Um, so I'm going to go through a bunch, a couple stories, different stories of mermaids. There's lots of different sightings or stories or whatever. Um, there's obviously, of course, Peter Pan with mermaids. Obviously, the Little Mermaid. You don't remember the mermaids in Peter Pan? <laughs> that like taunted Wendy and were super rude. And Peter was like, "That's hilarious. I'm the worst." Oh yeah, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, Peter was an absolute jerk. Also, that movie in general is just really offensive. Anyways, um, why is the red man red? My people, it's so rude. <laughs> I know. Do you know what the answer is? What, in the song? Yeah. He said it's because a lady made him blush once and he never stopped. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And then that happened to all of them, apparently. That's right. I don't know, man. White Anyways, people. 
So uh, there's also the story of Alexander the Great's sister, Thessalonike. Uh, Thessalonike. Long, nope. Thessalonike. <laughs> yeah, I like confidence. <laughs> I have no confidence in this. Uh, many people told a story of her turning into a mermaid after she died. Um, they said that any sailor who encountered her was that was asked one question, which was, is King Alexander alive? To which the only acceptable answer was, he lives and reigns and conquers the world. If you answered the questions correctly, she would calm the seas and help you through. And if not, she would make the waters tumultuous and sink your ship. Sounds kind of funny to me because it's just like the girl died and they just like made this story up of her. Like instead of her being a ghost, she just like went around, became a mermaid somehow and sunk ships if they didn't answer about the right thing about her brother. It's. That's about par for the course for <laughs> Greek mythology, though. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, next is Blackbeard. Hmm. So in his actual like log book, right? He uh, wrote about telling his crew that they had to stay away from certain areas of the ocean that they like for as long as he sailed, they did not go in because he called them enchanted and claimed that they had mermaids. And he, him as well as some of his crew also reported seeing mermaids, like they had sightings of them. They were manatees? Hey, don't jump forward. Oh. So Christopher Columbus... When he was sailing in nineteen, it's in freaking jackass. Fourteen ninety three, not nineteen. Fourteen ninety three. Could you imagine someone in nineteen ninety three being like, "I discovered America"? Uh, oh yeah, I thought you were about to say seeing mermaid. I was about to say, prepare yourself. Wow. So fourteen ninety three, he reported seeing three female forms. I like this, which rose out of the sea, but were not as beautiful as they as they represented. So like. Is it that, like, he believed they were going to be beautiful because they were mermaids, and then he was like, huh, kind of ugly. Yeah, manatees. Manatees, right. <laughs> um, not, not that attractive. Gen no. gen generally woman-shaped, <laughs> but not that attractive. I would, it depends on what woman you're talking about. They're kind of just like a giant blob. Yeah, it depends on the woman. <laughs> so, in 1967, uh, there were some people riding a ferry in British Columbia, off of Maine Island. I don't know where that is. Um, they were riding a ferry and they reported, there was like many, uh, like many people who reported this, seeing a woman with long blonde hair who was topless with uh, the tail of a porpoise chilling on the beach. And many were disgusted because she apparently was eating a salmon raw and whole. Just like relaxing on the beach, eating salmon. But like a whole salmon. Was PCP like big at the time or? I mean, it was 1967. So yes. 1967? Yes. This is 1967? 1967. Oh, prepare yourself. This is getting bigger. 1967. Okay. So th this lady was high, right? Like th that's a real person? Yes. Had and to be a chance real she person. What if she like just found like a dead dolphin? And like crawled into it? That's what had to have happened. <laughs> Her feet were cold. He hadn't come out yet, but she was like, someday a man named Bear Girls will tell people <laughs> to get inside Weird animals. Weird that you say that. Why? Did you know I watched a video about that today? I did not what? know that. Really? <laughs> no. Oh, I did on YouTube. He was like rating like these movies and like how realistic their survival situations was. And he was like, in The Revenant, you know how he crawls into that horse to yes, live? right. Bear Grylls was like, yeah, I did that once with a camel. And I was like, yeah. And, and never, I, I watched that. Yeah, me too. Oh. Yeah, anyway, so I was, yeah. He was talking about, like, how he did it 
with a camel. And I was like, yeah, I remember that episode. And then I was like, and, and Luke did it with a Tauntaun. Right. And then they mentioned that. And now you mention it. I mean. So weird. Yeah. Well, because that lady in 1967 did it with a dolphin. Apparently. Weird. But I'm sure that was more drugs than I'm just cold. Maybe. Who knows? She was also eating a whole salmon. Well, and like it made it super memorable, all right? Because like not, I mean, obviously it's memorable enough to see a lady sitting on the beach like that. But like the fact that so many people were like, That's I remember disgusting. every topless woman I've ever seen. So. I'm sure you do. So then in 2009, like a dozen people reported sightings of mermaids leaping out of Haffa Bay in Israel. Enough people reported it and sent it into the to the news station that they actually did the whole like, we'll give you a million dollars if you get like proof. No one ever did, but. But that's still a mess load of people. Yeah. Um, in February of 2012, workers on reservoirs near Zimbabwe, like, started to, say, like, refused to go out um, onto the reservoirs to work, claiming that some mermaids had hounded them away from the site, which to me just sounds, like, lazy. <laughs> I don't work. Also, like. Would I'm going to try that on Wednesday. Also, wait, would work. a mermaid have to hound you? Because I think the physical sight of a mermaid, to me, would be like. I'm never coming I'm back here there. again. Yeah. Like, like, what were they doing? Like, come on, seriously, leave, leave, leave. And you're like, I got a job to do, mermaid. I don't, right. What are you talking about? And they're like, I like it here. I want to be here. I don't want you here. I need to sit here and eat my whole salmon in peace. Get out. And the guy's like, $12 an hour ain't worth it. Right. Anyways, that one just sounds to me like laziness. But then. Yeah, but what a, what a tall tale to come <laughs> up with, though. Just no one could, I guess no one could really refute it. Like, I guess. I saw mermaids. Well, I didn't see any mermaids. Yeah, well. Well, read some history, bro. <laughs> 1967. So in 2014, some fishermen in New Zealand found what they believed to be a corpse at sea. Obviously, were pretty freaked out because they thought it was someone being murdered or who had been murdered. When they brought it in and it was inspected by local authorities, they said that the skeleton was not entirely human. Um, they said the body resembled a human-like creature that also had aquatic features. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, they had many people examine it, and they even, like, sent it off to, like, some different museums and things like that. And in the end, they never got a clear answer. What? Yeah, as to what it is. That's a mermaid. Straight up a mermaid. Or a manatee. Um, uh, how would... Human-like features. A manatee looks nothing like a human. It's Have face. you ever seen a manatee? Yes, many times. They're precious, but they look nothing like people. Well, I've seen some people that look like manatees. Yes, but no manatees that look like people. <laughs> no, definitely. I've seen some manatees that look like beautiful people. So, as obviously, as we've said many times, the biggest response to seeing mermaids is it's most likely a seal slash sea lion slash manatee. Right. Except for this corpse that they found. Yep. Also That's 1967. Insane. It was a straight up lady. That's they a lady. Hair. Yeah. There's no hair on a manatee. Right. Well, unless the manatee got into also, some stuff. Ma like, manatees don't sit up. They claimed her to be like sitting on the beach eating. I don't think there's a bunch of manatees out in England. I don't know if that's actually true. I'm saying that it's not. I'm pretty sure that's true. Is British Columbia England? Oh, that was British Columbia? Yeah. Oh, no, that's Canada. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said England for some no, reason. No, I said British Columbia. Anyway. Anyways, so in general, mermaid's not real, but. In New Zealand, they are maybe. real. And that's that. Also, again, my other thought is, yeah, maybe there's not like an actual like mermaid, but. There could be like things that are closer to us, kind of like the whole like ape thing, right? Well, here's what I'm saying. I didn't know a narwhal was real until I was in college. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> anything yeah, could really trip me up at this point. When I told him about that, I think we were actually watching Elf when it happened. We were. 
Which is presented as a fantastical creature it's in that movie as all. well. not at all. He talks to the narwhal. He talks to the yeah, raccoon that attacks his face. Whatever. Mermaids are one of those interesting ones. I think that they've just been too, like, cartoonized and fictionalized that if there even was one, I think it'd be really hard to believe. But I'm, I'm about 90% in the non-skeptic side. What? You're 90% no, sure I mean, that there like, is a mermaid? Like, you know, no, no. I am 90% in the fact that mermaids are not real. Is that better? Much better. So if you, like, screamed it from the rooftops. Well, you needed it to be screamed at you. All right, so let's take a quick break for some ads, because now we have to do that. Because we're cool like that. So I want to take a moment to talk about PodCoin. It's a new app that's out there that actually pays you to listen to podcasts, which considering you're listening to our podcast, I would think maybe you're interested in this. Um, for every 10 minutes that you listen to it, you're going to get something called a PodCoin, which you can use to rack up uh, gift cards or stuff for charity. So like we do calories for dogs or like dog food as Rachel so adamantly wants me to call it, but they count it in calories. And so dadgummit, we've donated like 9,000 calories to pups. Um, it's pretty great. So no other podcast app lets you do that. So check it out. Podcoin use our promo code skep skep S K E P S K E P all caps, no spaces, and you'll get 300 free pod coins, uh, for your session with Podcoin. Hi everybody, this is Mark from Massive Late Fee. Every Thursday, my friend Mike and I discuss pop culture of today. And every Tuesday, my wife and I travel 25 years into the past where she's my girlfriend. All the news, shows, and movies are delivered as if we are in 1994. Find us at Massive Late Fee on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email us at MassiveLateFee at gmail.com and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Massive Late Fee, the best podcast we can think of. All right, so today I'm talking about a ghost in England. I'm also sick, so I sound like, you know, me sick, which you've heard before in episode four. So check that out <laughs> if you like my nasally voice better than my Come normal enjoy voice. enjoy listening to RJ's phlegmy nasally <clears throat> voice. It's terrible. I'm going to try to edit out most of the grossness. For instance, I sneezed on my phone earlier while <laughs> looking at my notes. Um, and that was interesting, but not good radio. Not that interesting. <laughs> no, it was, it was it was definitely interesting. Are you on the radio? Oh, whatever. This is pretty much radio. But it's not. It's radio. It doesn't use any radio waves. Nothing I to get, do with radio. Look, I get what you're saying. What I'm saying is <laughs> this is not a visual medium and no one wants to see me sneeze or hear me sneeze on my phone. Uh, my son is also sick. <laughs> <laughs> He's just mad at the world. So, so you're going to hear him a lot. There's no way I can edit him out. But, you know, multiple apologies. Anyway, um, so this is a ghost of Gladstone Via, which was sent to us by... Andrew Dexter, um, who was a listener and is trying to share his personal story. And that's what this is. So I thought I'd, you know, what, give it a shot. So Gladstone Via is a former mining town or is in the former mining town of Bargode, which I'm probably mispronouncing um, in the Carefilly County, which I know I'm mispronouncing <laughs> borough of the South Wales Valleys in the UK. Uh, we do have some UK listeners. So, guys, feel free to make fun of me on this one, uh, because that is butchered to the extreme um he lived there from 1969 to 1978 from when he was a baby 
um, until 1978, which I assume is he's not a baby anymore, but no one can confirm. So anyway, he... <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a joke. Anyway. Okay. So, saw some normal stuff. Lights would go on and off. Wires were getting pulled, which I Wait, did read this. Was this in his house? Yes. Glad you said Sonvia. nothing of his house. Ah, Gladstonevia is his home. <laughs> you just said, like, the town. Like, like it was happening around the town? Nope. Well, I don't know. But we from know what for we sure know, it was happening, it was happening in, in his, his home. Okay. Yes, his haunted home. Um, but anyway, so... Lights would go on and off. Pi- wires were getting pulled. A bottle was thrown at Grandpa Bill, oh, missing no. him only by inches. Um, and then there were occasional sightings. So Andrew never saw it himself, but his mother mother did see the ghost twice. There were footsteps all the time in the master bedroom, uh, which is where the bottle was actually thrown at Grandpa Bill. And the grandpa would like turn the TV down and try to track like where the ghost was moving and like just like, oh, I think it's over here. I think it's over there. Like, that's how real it was, which I like that. Right. Back to the listener stories episode. If you guys want to check that one out, I actually grew up with the same exact thing. Um, It was just all the time, nonstop, very tangible footsteps. So I feel you there, Andrew. So anyway, during the uh, paranormal activity, there were five people in the home. Grandpa Bill, grandmother Rita. They were married. Um... His mother, Caroline, father unnamed, at least as far as I could tell, and the narrator, which is Andrew. Um, so the mother, Caroline, and the father, by the way, were married April 1st, 1968, which today happens to be April 1st while we're Yay. recording this. So April Fool's Day, we're not lying to you about anything, but that was when they were got together. It didn't last. They did divorce, but I just thought it was worth mentioning. Um, but anyway, so uh, Andrew was a baby when the activity started. Um they, they it started out with like a light tapping, but then one night the family heard what sounded like someone jumping from the attic to a landing that they had. Oh, I hate that. But here's the thing. So Ugh. when they went to go investigate, they found nothing, but the attic entrance was open. So they just like heard. Like, right. When you run away. Right. But then like, the attic that's was all open. it would take for me to be like, I'm leaving. Never coming back. <clears throat> right. So the entity seemed to take residence in the main bedroom, which was the or master bedroom, which is where the grandparents slept. That's where the bottle was thrown and where the footsteps always happened. Okay. Um, they heard footsteps very regularly and even heard like dragging across the floor. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, the mother one day went to go wake Andrew's father for a night shift. Cause they like, she worked the day shift and he worked the night yeah. shift at the same place. So she went to wake him for the night shift and found that there was an ironing board, like getting pressed to his chest. Um, what? Yeah. And she was so she like woke him up and got the ironing board off of him. And at first the dad thought like that grandpa was like pulling a weird joke or whatever. But the How? grandpa, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> they found out it wasn't him. And uh, so the dad started like talking about this story and eventually like word of the haunting kind of got out to the community. So the mother and the father divorced in 1972, which Andrew specifically wrote in the story. So I figured I'd mention not because of the ghosts of the activity, <laughs> uh, just they, you know, yeah, right. marriage that fell apart. Um, and eventually Andrew saw the activity for himself. So he noticed some of the aforementioned stuff, like the footsteps and the wires getting tugged and, uh, all this other stuff. But he also noticed that the ghost would like interrupt a record player and stuff like that, unless it was the, the band Slade was playing, which I don't know Slade, but okay, he would let that play. And then he wouldn't turn off the TV if, an, if a religious program was being watched by grandmother Rita. So that's interesting. 
But like otherwise <clears throat> he would turn the TV off? He would like turn stuff okay. off all the time, yeah. Also, we're assuming it's a he. Uh, well, then. Presumptuous? No, it's not. Oh, okay. It goes into it later. So um, the local police even eventually got involved, and uh, they, but they wouldn't go into the attic, right? Because they were like, hey, this is where we think you came from. They like would poke their head in and be no, like, I wouldn't mm, either. Yeah, nothing here. And they thought it was actually pranks being done on the family by the now estranged father, um, which. Okay. I mean, I get why they would. But it started before but he it started was estranged. Exactly. Right. Um, but anyway, also worth mentioning, the father would uh, spend time with Andrew every Saturday and uh, take him like to the movies and stuff like that. So um, not that estranged. Like he's still. He's not angry. Yeah. Right. Or like he he's is still like not enough to. Yeah. Yeah. To do any of this. So um, a family friend named Ivy France, which is a great name, by the way, uh, was a friend of grandmother Rita. Mostly uh, she was a skeptic. And she came into the house and suggested it was actually the traffic going by, which caused the sounds um, because like she noticed as the traffic went by, like the building would shake a little bit, which old buildings will do that. Yeah. Until she was in the room claiming that and then it happened with her in it. (laughs) So like the um, footsteps and stuff like that happened and then she completely changed her tune Um, and she was like, "Okay, you got to get the press involved, get a medium in here. Like she was just totally like it, it made it shook her universe. In other words, right? Yeah. And uh, they got a medium involved named John Matthews, and he, uh, you know, started out like asking questions, stuff like that. But then he started like reaching out to the entity itself and got the entity to respond with knocks to various questions. No way. Yeah. And, um, you know, as far as mediums go, like confirmed air quotes uh, that it was an earthbound entity with unfinished business. Right. But the responding to knocks, of course, was pretty shaking for them. So then they eventually got a priest involved named Graham Jones and he blessed the property and there was no activity for a few months until one night when they were watching TV as a group, um, his mother looked like to her left and saw a monk standing in the, in a doorway or by the doorway. And he was wearing like a typical Brown, like habit, you know, like, like the monks wear. Yeah. With a hood covering his face so she couldn't see his face and just looked like a typical 16th century, like Benedictine monk, right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Which actually, again, calling back to our listener stories episode, I think it was Jonathan said that he saw a monk as well mm-hmm. um, out there. But anyway, uh, and then they he also mentioned a couple stories from Fred Davies, which is a friend of his grandfather, Bill. Okay. Um, so one time Fred was like hanging out in the living room which apparently he did a lot. He was always around. Uh, he would park himself kind of near a fireplace and then, um, a loud bang like occurred. And, Oh, Andrew was like playing quietly in the corner with his toys, but this loud bang happened and Fred like freaked out and ducked out of the way. Um, when they asked Fred about the experience, he said that he thought whatever it was, was actually going to come through the ceiling. It was so loud, right? Wow. They went upstairs. There was no apparent source for the noise. So nothing like no ghost had knocked something over or anything like that. It literally just caused the bang. Um, Fred also joined Bill, which so Bill, Grandpa Bill, uh, would frequently gaze out of this window, um, which like overlooked the town square and stuff. And, uh, Bill like or no, sorry, Fred joined Bill in doing this. But holy shit, how how boring was life back then? <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's your favorite pastime? Gazing out a window. Yeah. And it like just happens to overlook part of the town. And it's just like, wow, 
you know, this is entertainment, <laughs> the pinnacle of entertainment. But anyway, this and, is the best and, part no, of my day. And here's the worst part. Fred was like, yeah, that sounds better than what I'm doing. Let me join you. <laughs> right? like, it's, it's a group activity. Yeah. Like, geez, how boring. Uh, but anyway, so uh, while Fred was like joining Bill in this, uh, he felt something like brushed by him. Um, and those, you know, yeah, not ideal. Nope. So anyway, um, so Andrew's most frightening personal experience was that he was in the main bedroom by himself. Um, he had the light on cause he was always scared of the room. Right. Um, understandably. Yep. And he felt something like heavy pounce onto the foot of the bed. Um, he didn't look like he kind of like hid away from it, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. Um, and but when he looked, obviously there was nothing there. So he went and got his family and freaked out and told them, hey, you got to check this out. When they got up there, they found two paw prints mm-hmm. on the bed, right? No, they didn't. Yes. The last dog to be there was named Tovey, which I hope I'm saying that right. T-O-V-Y, Tovey. But he died and he was a big, big lab, but he died prior to the narrator's birth even. Of course he did. So unless little Tovey is still just like, you know, checking in on the fam... Uh, hey, what's up? I wanted to meet the baby. Right. This doesn't seem ideal. Um, but anyway, so the activity eventually got so bad that gra- the grandma, his mom, and Andrew would all sleep downstairs with the lights on. Um, they would regularly hear a baby crying, which, wow. yeah, Andrew never heard that. Um, but like grandmother and mother always heard like a baby crying. And grandpa was the only one brave enough to keep sleeping upstairs. Um, until he had, I was like, I don't care, yeah. these stupid ghosts. Right. I'm but tired. Then he had a sleep paralysis experience. So this was before, you know, sleep paralysis was widely known. Yeah. So according to him, you know, it's pretty classic. Couldn't move, couldn't shout, couldn't get anybody to get me. Yeah. Um, but he felt a presence in the room. Mm-hmm. But now that we know it's sleep paralysis, you know, that still doesn't take away how terrifying it is. Um, grandma uh, felt like she stepped somewhere and like felt something get pulled out from under her foot, almost as though she had stepped on the monk's robe. Which that sounds so simple. And actually, all this sounds so simple. But like, if you actually think about like, you know, you're standing somewhere and you feel something get pulled out from under your foot. That's such a visceral like it's such a I think of like the feeling of like sand. Like when I'm when I'm in the water in the ocean and I feel the sand going out out from under my feet. But it's such a like I guess what I'm getting at is it's such a specific feeling, you know, like it's not something you can just attribute to something else. Um but anyway, so uh, she once saw like the boiler door open by itself and they even got to the point that they were just like casually nicknaming the monk Johnny and like kept saying like, you know, Johnny's doing this, Johnny's doing that. Uh, one time you Ivy live like this, right? One time. Well, I used to live like this. Yeah, I don't get it. One time Ivy Francis's uh, son uh, came with some friends to check out the haunted room because of how creeped out the mom was. And like all three of the boys ended up getting or three. I say three. I don't know how many there were. Um, But they ended up getting like creeped out and leaving and like, uh, you know, one of the boys is still just like, hey, that was like the spookiest place I've ever been. Um, They only heard the the, uh, ghost vocalize once. And this is really interesting. Um, They were all in that master bedroom uh, together for whatever reason. And then grandpa like said, hey, it's behind there. And then Mm -hmm. right then they hear a Gregorian chant, um, which, you know what a Gregorian chant is, right? No. Damn. Uh. I'll play one on the show so that you guys don't have to hear me doing this. It's like, what is it like whenever the monks smack themselves in the head? Yes, exactly. On Monty Python, yes. then yes, I have. Okay, so that's that part we should keep and not me singing. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, um... 
again, I learned all of my like actual history from like. I love that scene so it's the much. Best. As a kid, I almost peed my pants watching that. Like that was <laughs> the most amazing thing ever. <coughs> yeah, all I like me actually going to school meant nothing. All the history I've learned is from like, video games or TV shows or movies. Right. Um, and then, so they were finally moving out of the house in 1978. Two businessmen. Uh, we're interested in buying the property to turn it into a hotel, which is the Red Parks Hotel, which I think is still open, actually. Um, and the night before they were moving out, they heard the doorknob to the main room, like, turning as though someone was trying to get into the, to the like house from the it. the affirmation of, like, but then we getting out. They heard a lot of their packed stuff getting thrown around, and they found it the next morning. Uh, and it was just, like, getting tossed about, right? Um, I've spent most of this story looking shocked and disgusted right. in case anyone wanted to know. So then Andrew actually went back to the hotel for quote old time's sake um, okay. in 2009 for his birthday. And he went to talk to the hotel staff and apparently like all the activity actually continued and it's mm-hmm. the same activity. So lights on and off wires. Um, even people said they heard the baby crying. Right. Man. Um, so very specifically the same activity. Yeah. Um, so Andrew did some research and he found that the Gladstone Via uh, dated back to the 1900s and actually a baby from a former resident did die there. Of course it did. Yep. So there's that one. And then as far as the monk goes, there were two ties to a monastery. So one was the uh, where the parents worked, where they traded off night shift, mm-hmm. day shift. Um, that was apparently a monastery. And then across the street, um, a priest was said to have lived there as well. Okay. So a couple ties to that whole monk thing. Um but yeah, overall, creepy story. Good story. Good story. Don't love it. <laughs> Mostly just because it's real terrifying. Well, so the thing I like about it is that it is so classically, this is my personal paranormal story. Right. Like, I really like that there's just nothing in there that is a super outrageous claim, right? Really like over the top, <clears throat> yeah. Right. It's a bunch of little things that now this person, Andrew, will never oh doubt. Gosh. What are you doing? <laughs> we'll never doubt the existence of the paranormal, right? Right. I think that's how so many of us get involved. Like um, our friend Mike, who, you know, uh, is from Massive Late Fee and did the show, tweeted us the other day, like he's never had a paranormal experience. So many people are like that. So many of you listeners probably are exactly the same way. I've never had it. But for those of us that have, and it's something kind of undeniable, like as someone who I think like 98, 99% of ghost stuff, alien stuff is all BS. But that 1% that is like, undeniably just creepy and you know not really debunkable at least for the people in the moment um that's the stuff that kind of keeps us going back right like no matter how skeptical you are and that's why i like about this story is this is how andrew has now been like his world has been shaped by this story you know what i mean yeah it changes his whole family right so and the the lives of the other people like the um the france family and fred davies like all of them just now have these concrete experiences to them you know what i mean yeah um so that's what i like about it it's not sensationalized like he's not you know he doesn't still own the property and he's like hey i'll you know pay Making me for a tour or yeah something. like yeah. um and even though he's sharing the story like i think that that's you know just a good thing to do so um really like it interesting story yeah definitely thanks for sharing it with us yes thank you so much um so that's pretty much it for the show because i'm miserable and so is Our my kid baby is ridiculous <laughs> right now right um and hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Check us out next week when hopefully I will be healthy and we will have another 
normal episode rather than one where we are struggle fighting to get through it. Serious struggle bus right now. <laughs> it's it's so it's so bad. Um anyway, have a good week. Bye. Do you or someone you know struggle through life with anxiety-related mental disorders? Ever get that feeling that you are one of the few? I'm here to tell you that you are not alone. Take a journey with me as I talk about key points in my past and how they may have led to me being diagnosed with anxiety and panic disorder. After which, we will talk about different ways to tone down the anxiety and maybe even beat it together on anxiety.